Come into the Solo Shot Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Dom Mana. Happy Solo Shot Saturday, everybody. I unfortunately only have up to 2,896 solo shots counted as the last couple days. My source for tracking all the solo shots hit across the major leagues has been down. So we'll hopefully be able to edit and catch up the solo shot tracker over on TikTok at Solo Shot Sports when I find another way to kind of get that information. I left off last week's episode talking about some milestone moments that were coming. One that I missed was Giancarlo Stanton hitting his 400th career home run. I thought he was actually a little bit further away from that. I didn't check his stats because he's kind of had a underwhelming year by a lot of metrics, but fourth fastest in terms of games to 400 career home runs. But the player that I was really highlighting when talking about guys that we're just not appreciating and how a Hall of Famer can look so many different ways, there's the stature of a Giancarlo Stanton, a towering power presence in the lineup. And then there's a five foot six second baseman who may or may not have a history with trash cans and bad tattoos. But Jose Altuve and the Astros have been striking back. Now, I said this in the very first show, previewing the season, that they're the retaining champs. They have their core. They still have Dusty Baker. They have these guys who have postseason experience. They're going to figure things out. And the fact that they get Justin Verlander back, who also has that postseason experience, has been very good since he came over from the Mets. The Strohs have been on a roll. Eight of their last 11 games, they have won They absolutely wiped the floor with the Texas Rangers and honestly have just been one of the best teams in Major League Baseball, mainly because of Jose Altuve. Since coming off the injured list, Jose Altuve is top six in the league in weighted runs created. He is hitting at a middle of the lineup pace leading off games many times like he did with Eovaldi hitting three home runs, two of which were solo shots, making it four straight at-bats in four straight innings with a home run, breaking the record. Nobody's ever done that before. Ninth inning of the previous game, first, second, and third inning home runs in the following game. Jose Altuve, whether you hate him for his implications with the possible Astro scandal, when you dive deeper into the data that was collected about that Astro season, it looked like Jose Altuve was benefiting the least from these trash cans. There was not as many recorded trash can bangs while he was hitting, and he was not seeing the same crazy spike numbers at home as opposed to road stadiums like a lot of his teammates were. But these Astros, they've wiped that clean in my mind. A lot of people aren't going to forget it, but the majority of this team is not that 2017 team anymore. Jose Altuve and the crew, they've evolved. And winning that title last year wasn't just huge for Dusty Baker's resume, but it was huge for Jose Altuve and this Astros mini dynasty 
that has been formed over the last five, six years. Jose Altuve is going to be a future Hall of Famer at second base. And I don't think it's going to be first ballot. I do think there's going to be some slaps on the wrist. He's not going to have the career numbers that make him a slam dunk first ballot guy. But when you look at his career, eight all-star appearances, over 200 homers, over 2,000 hits, a guy who won three batting titles in his career, he is a true hitter. And a guy who has been very solid defensively early in his career, guy who sneakily stole a lot of bases early in his career, over 200 career stolen bases, just a really good player for a long time at a position where there's not a lot of really good players. The Astros have struck back, and it has been sadly at the expense of the Texas Rangers. First base is Ranger Danger. It has been the most played out topic, and deservingly so, in the baseball world the last week or so, has been the Rangers choking, for no better word. The Rangers had been in the postseason since the beginning of the season. They started off strong. They stayed strong. They were in a postseason spot until this week. The Astros struck back. The Mariners have had the best record in baseball since July 1st. And the Rangers are 3-7, and seven, reverse of the Astros' 7-3 and three record in their last 10. They cannot catch a break. And to add injury to insult, Adolis Garcia, El Bombi, who has been one of their most consistent run producers, just landed on the IL. This is a team that... Lost Jacob DeGrom for the year. Max Scherzer has not been Max Scherzer of old. Nathan Eovaldi comes off the injured list and gets absolutely shelled by the Astros. This team has all the talent in the world. And despite everything that I just said about them falling into third place, about them falling out of the postseason picture, I still believe in this team. And this is why. If you look at run differential across the major leagues, They are the third best run differential and have a better run differential than the Mariners and the Astros. This team, despite getting absolutely shelled, double-digit runs given up in multiple games to Houston, they are a run-scoring machine. And if the pitching's not going to get it done, which I have to believe that when the games count, Nathan Eovaldi, Max Scherzer, down the stretch, can win them some games. The Rangers sluggers, their bats, even without Adolis Garcia. You have Jonah Heim coming back from injury. Him and Mitch Garver have been the best offensive pairing behind the plate in the major leagues. You have Nathaniel Lowe, Marcus Simeon, Corey Seager in the infield. And their outfield, even though Adolis Garcia was the most important one offensively, have gotten great strides out of a lot of players out there as well. This Rangers team, I didn't pick them to win the division. I didn't pick them to go to the World Series. But this Rangers team is talented top to bottom. I think they can overcome injuries. They've been doing it all season. They get Corey Seager back, gives them a spark. I think Nathan Evaldi, despite 
not a good first game. He's, he came in against a very hot Astros team. He's going to help them down the stretch coming off the IL. The Rangers might be in danger. It's between them and the Blue Jays for that last playoff spot as we sit here today. But the boys in blue down there in Texas, if they can't get there with their pitching, that lineup is going to wake up and it's going to get things done. Marcus Simeon and Corey Seager, not just a great double play combination, an amazing top of their lineup. And this team going to get people back and they're going to make the postseason. I am not out on the Texas Rangers. You should be worried. They are in danger. This is the first time they've been tested all season. They had a lead in first place and now they're in third. Well, this team's been resilient. Bruce Bochy, his San Francisco Giant teams, if you remember them, riddled with injuries and not a lot of star power. But the consistent stars that stayed healthy, the Buster Posey's of the world, they carried the torch and got it done. This is a veteran ball club, veteran manager, and I don't think that this season's going to completely go in the trash can. Talking about the top of the AL West, let's transition to the bottom. The best of the worst, yes, I talked about it early this season, and it's something that kind of has gotten completely overshadowed now as we're talking here in September. The Oakland A's had one of the worst starts in baseball history in terms of run differential, in terms of winning games. And guess who's caught up? If you look at my standings right there, there is a half-game lead that the Kansas City Royals have on the Oakland A's. And the Oakland A's are finally starting to roll. The swinging A's with Zach Jiloff and a bunch of other young players are putting together some competitive baseball. They're winning games. And I think they're motivated to not have the worst record in baseball. They were so far ahead. I even said it a few times on this show that the Royals are so lucky that the athletics exist. But now we're staring at it a couple weeks to go left in the season. And the Kansas City Royals, despite having one of my favorite players in baseball, Bobby Witt Jr., are right there in the bottom. So who is the best of the worst? Let me know in the chat, in the comments below. I'll have a poll on Spotify as well. The Kansas City Royals, a young team with no pitching. And the Oakland A's, a hodgepodge mess that went from historic failure to possibly not the biggest laughing stock. I think it's a very interesting topic. The Royals, having Zach Greinke there, as a guy who's pushing for his 3,000 strikeout, I think he's going to pitch one more year to get there. Having Bobby Witt Jr., having some other young players, Melendez, doing their thing, with Salvador Perez still swinging behind the plate, you don't think as them being that bad. But in arguably the worst division in baseball, the American League Central, 
they haven't been able to get ahead. They've been behind all season. Bobby Witt Jr. doing things that I think a lot of people didn't realize were possible. This team, they wear better uniforms, they have a better ballpark, but they're just as bad as the Oakland A's. And I think this is going to be a fun thing to watch, especially for those of you whose your team season hasn't went the way that it went and you're just waiting for postseason baseball. Check out how these teams finish the season. Check out how these Kansas City Royals finish September. How the Oakland A's continue to rebound with some great outings from some pitchers, as well as Zach Jaloff hitting out of his mind right now. I think it's a really fun story that nobody's talking about because who cares about these teams? But to me, these guys are all professional athletes. They're not going out there trying to lose. They're trying to be successful, earn paychecks, and put food on the table for their families. And seeing the Oakland A's, who were just thrown in the dumpster, had their reverse boycott and all the stuff going on during the beginning of the season that's quieted down significantly. Seeing them stay there and kind of catch up to the Royals, who were bad but definitely better than them, I think it's a real pride battle. Both teams with no postseason hopes but something to prove to themselves, to their fans, and to the game of baseball. That doesn't matter how bad your season starts, it's how you finish. There were a ton of great pitching battles that I could have highlighted here down the third baseline here on the Solo Shot Sports podcast. I like to throw back to a day in baseball history where an amazing game or milestone happened. And there were plenty. Back in 1908, Cy Young of the Boston Red Sox and Rube Waddell of the A's went 13 innings each neither surrendering a a walk. And this wasn't the pitching game of the day. You look forward, Babe Ruth outdueling Walter Johnson for the fourth time in a season on September 9th. Not the best pitching performance of this day in baseball history. But then, a pitching duel for the ages. One name most of you will know, and another that truly does not get remembered for how solid he was for a stretch there for the Chicago Cubs. And on this date in 1965, the left arm of God, Sandy Koufax, threw a perfect game against the Chicago Cubs, besting Bob Hendley, who only allowed one hit in a one-to-nothing ball game. At Dodger Stadium, it was the Southpaw's forced career no-hitter, struck out the side in the top of the ninth, and fanned 14 Cubs that day. A lineup in 65 that had Ron Santo, had Billy Williams, had Ernie Banks. Perfect game. Henley took a loss. The only run was scored on a throwing error by Lou Johnson, when he stole third base after he was doubled off in the seventh. The game featured two total base runners 
And we're talking about today how the pitch clock has sped up games and we've seen some pitchers take advantage of it and work fast, get through lineups, be efficient. In this pitching duel, a game that a lot of modern baseball fans would call a snooze fest, one nothing game at Dodger Stadium. It was completed in an hour and 43 minutes. Bob Henley was dealing complete game one hit. Sandy Koufax was shoving 14 strikeouts in the perfect game. And Sandy Koufax in general, I think pitchers don't get the love that they deserve in the history of the sport. But Sandy Koufax's peak is something that I truly think every baseball fan needs to check out. He is the quintessential peak Hall of Famer. And Sandy Koufax did not start his career with this peak. He developed into this pitcher that won 165 games and only lost 87. His first handful of years in the league, 55 through 1960, he was a league average, arguably below league average pitcher. And then you move over to 1961. 18 and 13 record with a three and a half ERA. He's above average. He's helping the Dodgers win games. 1962, 14 and seven with a two five ERA. He drops his ERA a whole point. 1963, 25 and five, 188 ERA. He goes into a left arm of God mode at this point, wins the Cy Young. And in the next four years, 64, 65, 66, he receives MVP votes. He wins two Cy Youngs and places third in 1964. He was unstoppable, leading the league in strikeouts four times, three 300 strikeout seasons. We're talking about Spencer Strider of the Atlanta Braves trying to be the first pitcher to throw 300 strikeouts in a season with how many strikeouts there are in the major leagues today since 2019 when Garrett Colt and Justin Verlander both did it in Houston. He was an absolute animal, a guy who gave up less than 50 earned runs in the year that he didn't win the Cy Young during that four-year prime stretch, that God mode prime. And Sandy Koufax, even though he gets love in the pitching world, he's a living legend. All of the people in the Hall of Fame, he has been in the Hall of Fame the longest because he retired younger and he got in right away. This is a man who's 87 years old. He's going to be 88 this year. Sandy Koufax is one of the greatest pitchers to ever live. And despite his no-hitters, despite his postseason dominance, the best game on both sides he was ever a pitching part of was probably this perfect game thrown in 1965 against Bob Henley and the Cubs. Brutal loss for Bob Henley, but history for Sandy. Wrapping up the show here, I have to talk about the news that came out very Francona-esque 
low-key, not about him, but Terry Francona announced softly that it's time for him to hang up the uniform. He's had multiple health problems over the last five, six years. And Terry Francona will not be managing in baseball next season. The Cleveland Guardians manager has had a phenomenal big league career, most notably helping my Boston Red Sox break the curse in 2004. Also was the manager for the 2007 team that gets very much overlooked with how dominant they were. Terry Francona was a class act. And when you look at the new structure for the era committee for the Baseball Hall of Fame, they made it where managers and contributors get looked at every three years, including this winter, where Lou Pinella and guys of that stature who are still alive are likely going to get into the Hall of Fame. The only stipulation is that you can't be actively managing. You can still be retired for a year. They're not going to make you wait five years, but actively managing a team, you're not allowed to be inducted. So Bruce Bochy, who came out of retirement, Dusty Baker, who's currently managing, they can't get in. But Terry Francona retiring, if he can't make the ballot this year, which I don't know why he wouldn't be able to, he's going to get in in three years. Once the ballot cycles around and they get back to the managerial part, Terry Francona is going to be a Hall of Famer, and deservingly so. He's someone that doesn't have 2,000 career wins, but a lot of that has to do with the fact that he didn't have losing seasons. He was a guy who, kind of like the Mike Tomlin of Major League Baseball, throwing a football reference out there as we have kicked off the 2023 NFL season with a really cool game in Kansas City. I'm excited for the games tomorrow as well. Just a guy that consistently gets the most out of his players, wins games, does things the right way, and most importantly, is a culture setter. He doesn't just want these guys to perform on the field. He wants them to be great men, ambassadors, role models off the field. And you saw that with his time in Boston and all the great players that gave back with the Jimmy Fund and different programs. You've seen it in Cleveland with Jose Ramirez opening a ballpark in his name after getting his big contract and all the stuff that they do in the community down there. And Terry Francona, thoughts and prayers always with you going through your health problems. I really hope to see you and your Hall of Fame speech in the next couple of years. It's going to be one that nobody's going to want to miss because he's a man who saw a lot of baseball, his father being a player, him managing and playing. He's been around baseball his entire life. He's given everything back to the game more so than can ever be given back to him. And I tip my metaphorical cap to you, Tito. Thank you for an astonishing career. Thank you for everything that you did for baseball. You will be surely missed. And I'm going to keep being a broken record. I'm going to say it again and again. When you know it's going to be the last time you get to see a Hall of Famer. Miguel Cabrera's last month of the season's flying by. He's passing George Brett and Tony Gwynn and hits. 
go and see him. Whether it's a broadcast, listening on the radio, or ideally, if they're coming to a ballpark near you, go and see him. You will not regret it. You will only regret if you didn't get to see him one last time. Terry Francona is in that category. The Guardians, they picked up all the Angels' dumb pitchers and got absolutely shelled by Minnesota. Their their postseason hopes are pretty much dead. They traded away their good bats other than Jose Ramirez. It's rough. But those tickets will be cheap. And getting to see Tito in the dugout, I'm sure teams will honor him. I'm sure he will honor the fans and show love to the people that go out to see him. There's always a reason to watch a game, whether it's one player, one manager, one moment. doesn't matter if teams are in the bottom of the standings like the A's and Royals or serious World Series competitors like the Braves, the Dodgers, the Astros. Every game means something to every person involved, and it means so much to us baseball fans to be able to witness greatness of Miguel Cabrera's and Tito Francona's. And I hate to say this as a recent example, but Andrew McCutcheon is in that same category. He didn't announce that it was going to be his retirement, but the injury that he suffered that has ended his season, suffering at 36 years old this late in the year, it could be the last we've seen of Andrew McCutcheon. And he had some great moments in that first half when the Pirates were in the swing of things and he was a very good bat. He struggled. He's one home run short of 300. It breaks my heart to see him going down right now. But if you make an effort to go out and see these older players, see these older managers, even if they haven't announced that it's the end, I would strongly encourage you to do so. Appreciate each and every one of you for spending part of your Saturday with me. For more baseball content, follow me on TikTok at SoloShot Sports or the app formerly known as Twitter at DominicMana44. If you enjoyed the show, learned something, and love baseball the way I do, please subscribe to the channel on YouTube. Follow it and leave reviews on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. It helps me incredibly and share it with other baseball fans as we move towards the postseason in a couple weeks here. It's been an amazing four months so far doing this show revamped here at ETV. And I appreciate each and every one of you who has checked me out and given this show a shot. Hope you guys all have an amazing solo shot Saturday, an amazing weekend of NFL week one football. And I will catch you guys in the next one. Peace.